Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. This week, we are talking about exercise. And this episode is for you if you've struggled with motivation to exercise, you're in a place in healing your relationship to food where beginning exercise feels like a good thing, or you're working on, you know, finding ways to enjoy it more, or maybe find more motivation. You know, if you have a really great relationship with exercise that never really was impacted by your relationship to food, this may not be the most relevant episode for you. And in that case, that's really good for you. And, you know, maybe you can utilize your relationship to exercise and translate that over to food. A lot of times we want to pull an area of strength and ultimately bring that over. I've talked about that before, where if you have worked on healing your relationship to food and how you can translate some of those same concepts over to healing your relationship to exercise. But ultimately, this this episode is really centered on how do you find motivation and understand how you can really kind of overcome that inertia when it comes to bringing in exercise in a new way or a more positive way or a way that maybe is more sustainable for you, maybe more consistency. And I want to start out by sharing my healing of my relationship with exercise really quickly. You may or may not know that it took me seven years to begin exercising consistently after healing my relationship to food, that was something that I was so ashamed of before. And it should be said that, you know, I have the privilege of living in a thin body. So no one really ever pressured me to work out or I wasn't shamed for not working out. And it wasn't this like clear cut thing that I really understood either. So that's, it feels kind of full circle sharing this with you today, because I hope that I can save you some time (laughs) where I feel that, you know, for me, it was just really fumbling around in the dark and not really understanding the overall process. And now that I've been doing this work with people for so long, I completely understand why it can take so much time to be ready for exercise and to be in a good place. My history with exercise was one where I never did. I always danced growing up. So so dance was physical for me. And then when I was in college and I danced in college, I began exercising in a more of an obsessive way, you know, multiple sessions, way too long, or just again, obsessive. It's really getting at the intention of why you're exercising. So I wasn't enjoying it. I was simply there to ease my mind about, you know, the food that I had eaten or aesthetically how I could change my body in a certain way. So it was never, it was never really coming from a place that was overall very positive. It always, again, felt compulsive, like something that I had to do to feel okay, or if I was going out that night or eating out or, you know, whatever I had going on, the closer, you know, we got to nationals, competitions, 
events, things like that. And so once I realized what was going on and I was working through healing my relationship to food, like many of you, I did not feel any motivation to exercise, which was scary to me. It was really disturbing to me because, you know, as someone who was, you know, in the process of becoming a dietitian, I knew how good exercise is for us and was really bothered by the fact that I didn't want to do it. Now I understand what I understand. And that's what, you know, we're going to walk through today. Some of the reasons that you have arrived here, which is absolutely essential to understand why you're here. You need to find compassion with yourself and understand why you don't feel like working out. And so that you can specifically address how you're going to overcome that for yourself. Obviously, when you know I'm doing work with clients, we're going to personalize it. We're going to figure out exactly why. We're going to go through your detailed history with exercise. We're going to understand where you're at in healing your relationship to food and how that lines up with exercise. Some people may may not be ready. And you know, I think for me, I did need those seven years. I wish that it had been something that I cleanly said, I'm, I'm giving myself time and I'm, I'm you know, not working out right now. But it was very stop and start and it was painful to, you know, what I felt like trying and then failing and trying and then failing. And again, just really shamed myself a lot for that. But anyway, moving on to, you know, ultimately what helped me was going to physical therapy. I had, I have scoliosis and I was having a lot of back pain. I was having a lot of stiffness. My aunt, my dad's sister had scoliosis and her being a bit older than me, I saw her dealing with some very real issues related to her back and that scared me. I really wanted to have a mobile back and a strong back and not deal with some of those things that that I saw her dealing with. So exercise started to become a little more intrinsically motivated rather than aesthetically. I noticed that when I moved my body, I had less tension. I was able to, you know, through physical therapy, begin to strengthen certain parts of my core and relieve unhelpful muscle tension patterns. And I remember being in physical therapy and thinking, oh, so this is like working out. (laughs) And I don't know why it just never really made sense to me before, you know, physical therapy, you're working on some of these smaller muscles, you're working on imbalances, you're working on strengthening groups that impact and support other muscles, like some of those larger muscle groups that you utilize when you're working out. So it felt really good to, you know, begin with such a foundation where I knew I'd be able to prevent injury as I started to work on those larger muscle groups. And it just started to feel, again, more positive. I had more motivation to do it in a way that was outside of just, you know, how I looked or a fear-based way of approaching movement. And there wasn't any, I didn't have any, I have to do it this many days a week, or I have to do it to the certain intensity. I was definitely pressuring myself to do so and sitting with that discomfort, but I just kept working through it. And, you know, ultimately over time, it just became more consistent. I just started to find things that I liked. I just started to play around with certain things, whether it was taking a dance class or finding an instructor online that I really liked or playing around with a studio, trying out a different style of maybe a bar class or Pilates or, you know, some type of a strength training program that I would find. So it just, I just played around to figure out, gosh, what do I actually like? And just settled on some things. And now I switch it up all the time. I value variety in physical activity. Whereas I think before 
kind of like food. I always felt like I had to do the same thing and I had to have this identity. You know, I'm the person that goes to the studio and does this thing like all movement is good. And so ultimately, that's what I discovered over time. So, you know, for you, you might be listening to this and going, okay, well, what about my history is there kind of preventing me from feeling motivated to work out and getting started? So, you know, some of the things that you want to think about is there's several reasons that we typically avoid or even resent exercise. And it's always centered around negative experiences that you've had with exercise. So, you know, maybe for you, that's gym class and how terrible that was. Maybe you live in a larger body and you've been subjected to a lot of weight stigma. Maybe you had to go to the gym with your mom. Maybe you had to go to the gym because you felt like that's the only acceptable way to be. Or, you know, maybe for you, exercising was always associated with other negative things. I think a couple things that we want to take a look at. So, you know, really looking at exercise, a lot of times when we were dieting, we were exercising when we weren't eating very much. So exercise is additive. It requires fuel in our bodies. And so when you think about that, if you were dieting or in a state of semi-starvation and in an eating disorder, disordered eating, then you're exercising in an underfueled state. That's not enjoyable. That's exhausting. It's depleting. It's breaking down tissue. That's not something that ever feels sustainable. And I think a lot of times we try to like willpower our ways through that or no pain, no gain, never miss a day, you know, whatever, but you're not consistently recovering. You're not consistently getting enough to eat to support the exercise you're doing. Maybe if you're listening to this, you have had an experience where you worked out while you were eating enough and it's so different. You finally find that like elusive thing that people talk about where exercise does energize you. But that would be, you know, the first thing to consider is in the past, have you always exercised when you weren't eating enough? And if that is the case, then, you know, that kind of the obvious solution is that you have been eating enough, hopefully as you've been healing your relationship to food and maybe exercise would feel different for you when you're fueled and feel additive. So, you know, another thing is maybe exercise was rooted in punishing yourself. Maybe that's again, like I was describing for me, it was punishment in what I ate or what I was going to eat. Or if I was feeling negative about my body, maybe for you, it is, you know, again, in a similar cycle of negativity you know, in that case, it's just, wow, sitting with that, you know, exercise where just told is always so good for you and it's something you should do. But, you know, in those situations, it wasn't that for you. And so seeing it for what it is, I was punishing myself can be really eye-opening and important to take a look at. So, you know, in that case, it's, you know, finding ways for exercise to be quite the opposite of punishment. And, and maybe that's going to take you sitting with that and fit, mapping out what that would look like. Maybe your exercise is correlated, again, kind of along the same lines of how much you ate or didn't eat. Well, anytime exercise is correlated with food, it's just not going to be fun. It's just always going to feel compensatory and tied to that. So a lot of times when you've worked on healing your relationship to food, exercise still feels tied to that compensatory patterns. So that may be where you're stuck, where you need to see exercise as something completely separate, completely additive, completely different from food, no matter what you're eating no matter what you didn't eat, no matter what you ate, et cetera, no matter quote unquote how you ate, then you know you don't need to be eating perfectly to engage in exercise. So it's like really trying to find ways that you can 
tease that apart and disconnect that. And again, I, this is work that I do with clients all the time. I love helping people, you know, be in a place where they're ready for exercise and find those connections. And we just pull them apart one by one. So another thing that might be holding you back is your past motivation for exercise was really solely based on weight loss alone. If you've been listening to me, following me or anyone else in this space, in this work, then you might be aware that a lot of times intentional weight loss is not something that sticks around very long, or maybe it's not something that you're able to maintain on a regular basis. So, you know, for you, then you might conclude that, you know, there's quote unquote, no point to exercising. And in that case, you know, again, it's removing it and finding a new motivation for exercise outside of weight loss. So seeing what happened and, you know, like for me, you know, my scoliosis and the tension that I felt in my body and the pain, what physical therapy ended up doing, you know, kind of an on-ramp into exercise or movement. Maybe you need to switch up the word. Maybe there's so much negative association that you really just need to completely blow it up and start over and find new reasons that you would even be interested in in movement. And, and maybe again, that's kind of this like radical idea that like exercise is to feel good. So, you know, what would feel good to you? Maybe it's, you know, laying in a meditative pose at the end of the day or, you know, gentle yoga and all of these things that are probably bringing up, you know, discomfort and resistance in your body. Like exercise is supposed to feel good. Of course, we'll feel times of resistance. If you're doing heavy weight training, you might feel your body's resistance against the earth. But, you know, again, you got to figure out where you want to start and, and what feels good to you. Another thing might be you don't know how to exercise without obsession or afraid of that. I remember for me, like when I would start exercising again in that seven years, and then I would notice all of those obsessive thoughts and nothing was good enough. And what did it matter if I worked out once? And then again, you know, later on, it's just really focusing on what's going to help you deal with like right now. What's going to help you, you know, maybe it's setting limits on what you plan on doing. Maybe it's I'm exercising no more than twice a week, like no more, that's a maximum so that you don't get obsessed. Or really, if you have a history with exercise obsession, compulsion, you might really need to work with a professional to help you kind of stay safe in that. Other times it may just be, you know, fear of that coming on and sitting with those uncomfortable thoughts that were there in the past. It's no different than like when you're giving yourself permission to eat something and you hear the food guilt from the past and those restrictive thoughts that are saying you shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have had this, like you still ate it anyways. And so, you know, it can really be similar with exercise. But again, you really need to be in a good place where you're eating enough, you're in a positive space and you know, you're ready to engage in this in a safe way. And only you know, or your team of professionals or family or support really know that. So that's not something that I could be able to speak to right now for you. So again, I hope I've given you some ideas of some things that you can think about. But you know, some additional questions you could generally ask yourself is like beyond like aesthetics or changing your body, like, what activities might you enjoy? And like, if you don't know the answer to that question, like, take some time and make a list. And then it could be anything. It could it could be walking your dog, it could be playing with your kids, like exercise literally is anything that makes you feel good. You know, would you like the, maybe the same workouts, like at a lower intensity? Would you like to try them out while you're eating, you know, eating a pre-workout snack or a post-workout snack? You know, what would it look like if you let yourself like ease into that without a set plan or maybe a set plan that is something that's more reasonable? So a lot of people find that it can be really, really helpful exercise, you know, independent of whether it changes our body or does something to us does show that 
we can have a more positive body image. There's research that shows there's a correlation there. So, you know, hopefully for you, it would help you feel more confident and more comfortable. But again, only I think if you're able to continue to find your motivation to seek out activities that you enjoy, try some things out, not hold yourself to some of those obsessive standards that you had in the past. And, you know, I hope this gives you generally like an understanding of why exercise may have been unpleasant for you in the past. I'm sorry it has. And I really hope that you can find some joy in movement. But if none of this is are things that you're necessarily ready for, like I said, I took seven years. There's no shame. Like take a break, take your time. Like we can't always be growing. We can't always be pushing ourselves. And so, you know, settle into healing your relationship to food. And if you're not ready for exercise, then, then let it come. So Anyways, I hope this was helpful. And as always, if you're interested in becoming a client, if there's anything that I can help you with to sort out with your own relationship to exercise and how that relates to healing your relationship to food, if you're stuck on that, I always have link in the show notes where you can inquire and work with me. And I'd love to help talk this out with you, work through it with you. Either way, I hope you take care and I will talk to you next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.